Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, this is the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Mills. And today we're going to be focusing on a little bit more of the finance side of the uh, Texas Real Estate and Finance. Um, and um, even though I am a mortgage professional of 13 years, today I'm actually going to be talking to you as a dad, which um, is really exciting for me, but not so exciting for my guests today. But um, we're going to uh, kind of dive into some stuff when it, as it relates to teen financing, budgeting, um, you know, how to get your child started down the right path to make sure that when they leave the nest, that they have some uh, good uh, habits in place, some good processes in place to kind of help them be financially secure in the future. But I promise you, this is going to be way more more entertaining than you think because um, I'm going to welcome my guest to the show with me today, and that is my daughter, Katie Jane. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? She is so incredibly excited. Okay, pull up a little bit on the mic there so you can get a little bit closer to it. Okay. So she is really fired up about this. We just came out of Thanksgiving break and I've kind of been preparing her this for the last couple of days. She had a friend that stayed with us and um, so we got to delay it off. I would have got it done a little bit sooner, but I didn't want to take away from her friend time. So um, today we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk a lot about money. We're going to talk about the process of money and how we get to where we need to go. Um, and I brought her with me because she's going to be joining me on this journey. Um, honestly, whether she likes it or not, and quite honestly, <laughs> she's not really excited about doing this. But the reason that we're doing it is uh, she just recently turned 16, right? Mm -hmm. How was I that? Did. It was great. I had so much fun. <laughs> and um, what what occurs when you turn 16, my dear? I got my license. You got your license. Okay. And um, just for, so the audience understands, what have you been doing with your, with your newfound freedom lately? I haven't been home at all. You I've just been, been driving and spending money. Yes. You've been driving and spending money, right? Um, now, you were lucky because your 16th birthday happened and you got a lot of money for your birthday, right? Mm -hmm. Not from us, but from family and other things. You got the car from us. So congratulations yes. on that. So we're already kicking off on the right foot. We don't have a car payment, so that's good, right? We paid cash for our car. Mm -hmm. um, you got money for your birthday, right? But uh, where, where are you spending the vast majority of your money right now? Tell, tell me like a standard day that it's been since the holidays have gone on. Like how much money I spent? Well, just day. like what you, what you're, what are you doing while you're running the streets? Go to Target. And then, oh, I go to Starbucks, and then I go to Target, and then I go eat. Okay. And uh, what are you buying at Starbucks typically? This. Okay. Pink. For those who can't see, what is that? Uh, strawberry acai lemonade. Okay. So you have a drink at Starbucks, and how much is that usually? Like 6 or $7. It seems kind of expensive for a drink, don't you think? Very expensive. Right. So, um, so the bottom line of this is, is you have a newfound freedom because you have a car mm -hmm. and you are now cruising around town in your car. And when you go from place to place, what does that require? Gas. Gas. And now we're buying things and we're just living our best life, which is awesome. But that birthday money is only going to last so long, right? Yes. And then we got to find a new source of money because otherwise what's going to be happening? I'll be broke. And you'll be doing what? I don't know. Working. <laughs> Staying at home. You won't be going anywhere, right? Okay, so um, if you have a teenager that is starting to drive, or if you um, just kind of want to restart on some of your money stuff, you know, we're going to get into some really, really basic stuff. So the idea of this podcast today is that we're going to go through what my daughter and I's journey is going to look like over the next several months on getting her ready and prepared to be an adult, essentially, because now that she's driving around town and she's cruising with her friends and going to stores and having little date nights then uh, uh, with her friends, um, she's going to need money for this. And she's therefore going to need to learn how to manage this money because mom and I are not the perpetual bank accounts forever and ever. So um, 
So we're going to kind of walk through this journey together. Hopefully this won't be the last podcast. This will be the first of many as we kind of uh, chronicle our steps into how to get her financially prepared because she is going to leave the nest one day. Um, you don't plan on staying here. <laughs> Why not? You don't want to live here forever? No. You're ready to get I'm out? I'm ready to go somewhere. Okay. She's ready to get out and go somewhere. She's not going to be sticking around. So hopefully um, we can set her off on the right foot. So, you know, if you guys listen to this and you really enjoy it, uh, please leave me some comments. Uh, leave me some um, information if you want me to go over on the next one. But today we're going to talk about different things like opening a checking account, savings account, budgeting, um, we're going to talk about investing, all this kind of stuff that we're going to be doing. And ideally, what we're going to do is we're going to go open these accounts. We're going to you know, document that a little bit, and then we're going to check back in a couple months and kind of see how this is going. So if we get a good response on this one, then there will be more to come. So, all right. Um, hopefully, she doesn't kill me in this process, but we'll we'll kind of see how it goes. Now, this is a science experiment. So I want to be clear. I do not have this is my first uh teenage daughter so i don't have previous experience in dealing with this um we raised her in a way that uh, hopefully works out for her in the future i'm sure she'll have some stuff to bitch about us as an adult but as it stands right now um things be seem to be going along okay and um but at the end of the day i don't know what the hell i'm doing and um just trying to figure this out now the reason i'm making her do this podcast with me is because i i have this punch in, punch a hole in the wall theory that i got from my brother um where uh, sometimes if you want to do something, you just got to punch a hole in the wall to get started and you can't plan and make progress and all this kind of stuff. So ultimately what I'm going to do is we're just going to do this and we're going to talk about what we're going to do. And then because I did the podcast, it's going to hold me accountable to make sure that we continue to do this stuff. So that way I don't just start and stop uh, like happens with a lot of things. So, all right. So let's start with um, money itself. Okay. Darling dear, why, why do you think uh, it's important why is money important to you? Because uh, I want to buy stuff. Because you want to buy stuff. Yeah. That's it? I mean, yeah, so I can have freedom and I don't have to ask y'all to do stuff and have to do stuff to get money for it. Okay. What's, what, is it, what is the importance of freedom for you? Why is that so valuable to you? Because I like to do my own thing. You don't like to be told what to do? No, I don't. I hate being told what to do. It's like your least favorite thing? My least Okay. Well, what is it about? I mean, how do you think that money is going to buy you that freedom? What does that look like in your mind as a 16 year old girl? Being able to go out with my friends and do stuff and buy stuff and not having to beg you for money for a movie ticket or dinner. Or... And why does it suck begging me for money? Because you say no. I say no. What does your mom say? She says, your dad might get mad at me if I say yes. <laughs> Do I say no all the time? No. You say yes sometimes. Sometimes. Are there strings attached to my yeses usually? Always. Always? What? Like what? I have to do something. Edit your podcasts or freaking, I don't even know. Something stupid. <laughs> something stupid that you're going to have to make money for. No, I, I understand that. So um, do you think having money would make you happy? Yes. You do? <laughs> Why is that? Because freedom makes me happy. And freedom if makes I have money, happy. I have freedom. Okay. Okay. I can understand that. Freedom does make a lot of people happy. Um, and having money does buy you freedom because it allows you to do whatever you want to do without having someone else's concern. Um, there's my favorite term. Do you, do you, have you ever heard me say the F word with the money? You ever heard me say that before? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. F you money. F you money. Yeah. yeah. What is F you money? Can you describe it? Because you can have enough money to just do whatever you want. You don't have to care about anyone else. That's right. So does that mean that money is is the only thing that gets happiness? No. No. Um, is it the only thing that's important? 
No. No. But um, what's the uh, uh, what's the line from uh, Eastbound and Down? You've never seen that show, but said uh, you know uh, money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys jet skis. And you've never seen anyone not smiling on a jet ski. I love jet skis. <laughs> jet skis are fun. So, um, all right. So the point of this essentially that is you know what I'm trying to express to her, which we've talked about in the past, is that you know money makes the world go round, whether you like it or not. It is the thing that drives all things. It, it, in your case, it's literal. It drives your car. If you want to get from place to place, you have to have money to put gas in your car. In your car, we're going to give you gas once a week because you will have transportation that you'll have to, or you have to transport things back and forth. But beyond that, if you want to go cruising the streets, that's your responsibility. So that money is what gives her the freedom to go do what she wants to do, within reason. Within reason, can't be traveling on too many freeways, and God forbid you go to the park small, your mom will lose have her a heart mind. attack. That's right. We're not allowed to do that, but at least not yet. We're going to get there one day, hopefully. hopefully. So, um, but what this money does is it affords you the ability to make your own decisions without necessarily always having to check with us. Right. And those decisions will get bigger and bigger as you get older and older and have more responsibilities. And the idea is that if we can teach these responsibilities now, while they're in the home, so you know, she's going to do stupid stuff. You're going to wreck your car at some point. I know it's going to happen. I'm not going to be happy when it does, but it is going to happen. Um, I know that you're going to spend money on stupid stuff. I know that you're going to lose your wallet. You're going to have all these things that are going to happen again, not giving you an excuse, but I will understand when it happens. Um, these things are going to occur, but because of that, we can manage some of this stuff while she's still under our roof. But if your daughter or son is like my daughter, that as soon as they turn 18 in their mind right now, at least they are flying the coop never to return. Although I think we'll probably revisit that at some point, but, um, then you need to prepare them for this kind of stuff when they leave the house, because they have to have these kind of concepts and these tools in place to be sure that when they get out of the house, that they're not, that they don't make they're still going to make bad money decisions, but they don't make money decisions that are going to ruin their life because, you know, a lot of people do that. And, and many times people don't ask for help. And the reason they don't ask for help is because they're embarrassed about it because they don't understand it. They didn't learn, you know, they don't want to seem like they're a dummy or they're broken. So in those situations, you have many adults that don't understand a lot of this stuff, but don't want to ask because it's a, if you don't have money, then it's certainly something that you don't want to talk about because it's, it's not the most fun topic. But if you can set your kids up with proper education and with proper habits before they leave the house, then often you're going to put them on the right path. I mean, I do loans for people all the time. And, you know, surprisingly enough, at least within the last couple of years, I've noticed that um, a lot of people's, um, a lot of young adults have a lot of their finances in place. They have good credit. They have you know, money in the savings in the uh, savings in the bank. They have all this kind of stuff because their parents have prepared them for this. So it's just an important thing that we need to make sure that our kids understand and know. And it's one of those things that um, I think it's an invaluable skill that you know you you can't uh, you can't put money price tag on it. So um, all right. So first off, there are going to be a couple books that we're going to read together. Okay, but we're going to take it one step at a time. Now, as a parent. Um, I'm going to blow through this real quick, but there are three books that I recommend um, that I've read myself and, and we're going to start. The first one I would start with, honestly, is Robert Kiyosaki's book. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and have you ever heard of this book, my dear? No. no. So basically the book is about the author and his parents. He had one dad that that had money and was quote unquote rich. And then he had one dad that didn't. And he kind of talks about the difference in habits between the two and what they did. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, but ultimately um, he highlights the impact that his rich dad quote unquote had on him because he taught him to invest. He taught him to work for himself and not have a nine to five job where you're an employee working for somebody else and kind of showed the benefits that come along with that. And so 
that's probably where we're going to start. Um, and it's actually, I read it when I was 18. Um, and it's a really easy read. It's not that difficult. Um, but, uh, but that's a really great one. Also, um, two timeless books that, you know, are e pretty easy to read and get through that your kids will enjoy or <laughs> they won't enjoy it, but they will appreciate it later is uh, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Napoleon's Hill book, Think and Grow Rich. So those are three books that I definitely recommend right off the top. We're going to start with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We're probably going to do a chapter or two before we come back so we can chat about that a little bit when we get back on the next round. So you're really excited about reading books, right? So excited. It's your favorite thing? I do love reading, but I don't, not this kind of thing. Okay. Well, why do you think this kind of book really drives you crazy? Because it's not interesting. Why do you not find it interesting? That's okay. Be honest. You can be honest. Uh, what? It's okay. Why, why is it not interesting? Because I don't like learning about money. But if you want to have money, don't you think you'd want to learn how to learn about it? Yeah. So how do you justify that in your brain? How do those two things reconcile? They don't. They don't? No. I just feel like, oh, this is going to suck. I, I got to do this now. And then I'm like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I do it. So you go into it with bad thoughts to begin with? Well, that's usually the case. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe my job, I need you to do a better job at trying to make this thing a little more interesting. So that way you'll have a little bit more uh, engagement when you read the book and enjoy it a little more. Possibly. Sure. <laughs> Probably not. Uh. Okay. All right. Um, she's, she's a wealth of words today. So um, really dragging her out. Sorry, of the I'll list. try. I'll try better. <laughs> All right. So, um, so first thing is we're going to talk about jobs. So what have we talked about when it comes to jobs, you and I so far uh, about work? Just tell me what you think my thoughts are on work and how you feel about it. That I should get a job. Okay. Like, like right now or just in general? No, in, in general, right now, whatever, whatever. I think I should work for myself. Okay. I think you should work for yourself. What does that mean in your mind? That I get to choose what I want to do and how I want to do it. Okay. And therefore how to make money. Yes. Right. Um, do I want you to work for somebody else? No, I don't. I don't think so. No. Yes. Well, have we talked about you getting a job somewhere else, regardless of what you do for well, me? Yeah. Okay. Why, what's the reason for that? So I can learn how to be a team member. I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, we should have discussed this before. No, it's okay. I want your true, honest opinion on what you think. Nobody's listening right now. We're just recording it. So it doesn't really matter, but what what why do you think having a job and working for someone else that's not yourself, why do you think that would be a benefit if ultimately I want you to work for yourself? So I can learn how to be other people's, how to have other people work for me? Yeah. So you can learn how to, well, first off, you need to learn how working for someone else is. Yeah. Right? Is working for someone else, do you think it's going to be good? Probably not. Why? Because they tell you what to do and I don't like being told. Exactly. We've already established that you don't like being told what to do, right? No. So you have to be able to understand what that really means. And many jobs really, really suck. You know what my first job was? Did I ever tell you? Like a paper person? Or is that, I'm thinking of something else. Go. <laughs> no, I wasn't. A, I didn't have a paper route. Um, that was Papa G. That yeah, was that was Papa G. I worked at Wendy's. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes, my first job was at Wendy's. I was frying burgers and making Frosties, which is why I would die. Do you have you ever seen me eat a Frosty? No. No. Do you know what my opinions on Frosties are? Probably not good. They're not good. They're really not good. No offense to Wendy's. I'm sure you you've it's just with the Frosties that I made, but I saw how when you see how the cake's made, sometimes oh. you don't want to eat the cake. Um but that was my very first job. It was it was a I was making uh, 4.25 an hour. That was my hourly wage. Um, wow. This was when I was 16. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I had to go like physically apply for this job in person. Like I had to show up to the place and put in my application and like there was no internet so I could search for different jobs available. It was like, and my parents, you know, they weren't exactly uh, holding my hands. Uh We we didn't do a podcast so I could figure out how to get a job, right? Uh It was simply just go find a job. And then I had to ask, hey dude, how'd you find a job? How'd you find a job? And then you have to like show up to Wendy's in person meet some 21 year old who's probably fresh out of jail and sit there and fill out an application. I could not do that. Yes. That's, that's what it is. And then I worked at CC's and then I worked at Burger street. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. CC's was actually the one I got fired from because, um, because I had a, I was playing baseball in high school uh-huh. and I had a tournament one weekend, but they uh-huh. had scheduled me to work. And I was like, well, but I'm playing in my baseball tournament. And they're like, well, this is your job. So you have to work. And I'm like, well, I don't want to work because I want to play in the baseball tournament. I said, well, if you don't come to work, you're going to be fired. So you I didn't go fired. to work. I got fired. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's how it goes. Yes. Yes. Well, and that's part of the freedom thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to do what I wanted to do and they told me no. So I had to go find another job, which is how I wound up at Burger Street. So my point of this is that I want you to get a job because even if it's a crappy job, and you hate it, what What do you think, what lesson is that going to teach you? That I don't want to do it again. Right. And that you want to work for who? Myself. Correct. Right? Yes. So I'm offering you abilities to learn how to do stuff to work for me that's flexible so I can give you money and help you out. But at the end of the day, I do want you to get a job because if you get a job, then that helps you appreciate what I've what I'm offering to you mm-hmm. a little bit better, right? Because yes. right now I'm just your annoying dad that's making you sit in this podcast room on a Sunday and go through this stuff. And, but if you start to appreciate some of these lessons a little bit, then I think we'll, we'll have a different opinion on it. But, um, so the point of having the job is so that you understand that it takes sacrifice in order to have things that you want to do. Yes. Right. Yes. So you, what, what do you do right now? What, what are your extracurricular activities? I play volleyball. You play volleyball and what else? Just drive around with my friends. Rolling with the homies. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. That's- that's it. Volleyball and roll. So what would you, what would happen if you're, uh, if you had to work one night and you had a volleyball practice, what do you think you'd do? Well, coaches rule that if you miss practice, you don't play in the tournament. So I want to play in the tournament. So I'd miss work. Right. And if you miss work and you got fired, then what would you have to do? Get a new job. Correct. So that's another lesson. And when you have to physically go somewhere and work and be there, uh-huh. and you have to like a, like a coffee shop or a retail store or whatever, then you don't have the freedom to do other things because you have to physically be at a location, right? Uh-huh. So this is stuff you'll find out when you get the job, but we are going to get a job. What, what are your current prospects for a job right now? Well, I really wanted to work at Rally House, but okay. they only want morning people. Yes. So then I was thinking Starbucks or um, that swim school they're hiring too. Okay. And then um, there's one more place. What? Hold on. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like, oh, Flying Squirrel. That's okay. the coffee shop on uh, in downtown. Okay. Do you know what they pay? Any any of those places? Um, I know that the the swim school is like $14 an hour. Okay. And then. That's pretty good. Yeah. Starbucks is like same thing, 12, 13, 14. And then I'm not really sure about Flying Squirrel. If uh, So Flying Squirrel is a coffee shop, Starbucks is a coffee shop. What are your ranking of these right now? Well, probably the swim the swim school would be first because I like because it's like they help you know, like with the little kids and I like I like little kids. But 
I'm the only thing I'm nervous about with the coffee shop is making a person's order wrong and they yell at me and I cry. <laughs> well, most people aren't going to yell at you. Okay. That's good to know. That, that generally is going to happen. There can be people that will. Um, but, uh, but I imagine if that happens, you'll just start crying. And so usually when, when that happens, people <laughs> will feel bad because you, you just started crying. So, um, not because you're a crier. Well, I mean, you are kind of, but it, you, you, you cry when you get mad, you cry when you get sad. It's, it's, uh, you know, just, just, uh, tears well up and we get upset. So, um, so I think you'd be okay there, but which, which one sounds more appealing with the tasks that you have to do? Like if you were like, if they said you could do any of these three, which one would you do? The swim school. You do the swim school. Yeah. Have you, what have, what has your process been about? How do you apply there? Do you have any any no, thoughts well, on it? No, there's this app called Indeed, uh -huh. and it like shows you like jobs in your area and like how much they pay and stuff. But I've been waiting to apply, or like not apply, but like actually look into it till I turn 16 mm -hmm. because that's when you have to like submit your resume and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll just deal with your that. resume. Do you know what a resume is? You like put stuff that you've already done. But that's the thing. Like I don't, I haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. So you how do you? You don't have a resume. But the, you have to submit one. They want you thing. to give you a resume? I, I'm like 70% sure. Okay. Well, sometimes they just have an application. But so if you had to create a resume, what would you do? Nothing. I don't know. I have nothing that could go on. Well, there. how would you figure out how to create a resume as a 16-year-old with no work experience? I'd look it up. Okay. Where would you look it up? Probably Safari. And if that didn't work, then TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Safari. So you don't know, not Google. I, it's interesting to me that you said Safari and not Google. I don't know. Safari is on, on my phone. That's just the one that's on your phone. Yeah. Okay. I have both, but so either Safari or, or TikTok on how to create a resume. And what would you think would be on a resume for somebody who's never worked before? Uh, I don't know, man. We're where you go to school, perhaps, yeah. what kind of extracurricular activities you've been involved sure. in, what kind of volunteer work you've done. Sure. Like, what is something that you've done in the past that would look, you think would look good on a resume for teaching little kids? I was a cheer coach. There you go. See, that's something you could put on your resume. That is. Okay. See, we're just solving problems left and right look right at now. That. Look at that. All right. So we, 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 we got the job thing. We're, we're going to be working on that. We're going to report back on how that goes. Um, yes. One other thing to parents I, I could recommend to you and something that we're going to do maybe because we haven't done real good on our follow through what we've agreed upon so far. What was our agreement that we had a little while ago about work and money and the, with the me editing your thing uh -huh. that I would work a certain amount of hours a week and then I'd get paid for that. And how's that gone so far? I've, well, I've done it, but also, like, last week I worked, like, six hours. Did you? Five. I never got any looms. Oh, I keep forgetting to send them, uh, but I did the thing. They're okay. edited. Okay. So, what was your job responsibility? To, like, republish the old podcast. Right. And and how much are you getting paid to do that? Uh, Like, 15 per hour. Hour, yeah. Right. And then what are you supposed to do on all those? Send a loom. Right. To show that you'd actually done it. Correct. Yeah. That's your version of clocking in. Um, now, the what I'm doing with that for anybody listening is I'm taking that uh, job and I'm actually going to my wife and I have a S Corp that she's a realtor. And, and you know, we created a while back to manage some of our properties. And we're actually going to create a, a create my daughter as an employee of this S Corp. So we can pay her a W-2 wage under a certain amount. So she doesn't really get taxed on it, but it does 
we do pay taxes on it and then she gets a refund at the end of the year. So it's kind of like a little savings account. And then it's also a tax deduction for us for stuff that we're already paying out to her anyway. So if we're going to be giving her money regardless, then you can use it as a tax deduction to help offset how much taxes you pay at the end of the year because um, I'm giving her actual jobs and tasks to complete as part of that company. She's doing marketing and advertising for the podcast for me, which is helping kind of grow this and that's how we're paying her. So that's another little hack that you guys can do. And I'll, I'll give you a report on how that goes once we set it up, but we're going to set that up at the first of the year. Uh, but basically again, it's just, you get a tax deduction deduction. She's a W2 employee for our company. She'll get a tax refund, which is like a savings account. It's, it's a great little, great little way to do it. All right. So let's talk about school. All right. So right now, what is your primary job? School. School. And what is your requirement at that job per your household requirements? I got to have all A's. You got to have all A's. Do you get rewarded for A's? No. No. What's Why do you have to have all A's? Because so I can get into a good college. Okay. But but what is what is my general expectation on? Don't get rewarded for but why? things that are expected. Okay. That's your expectation, right? Yes. Do I think school is hard? No. No. Do I think it's, well, do I think school is hard for you? No. No. Is school hard for some? Yes. Yes. And if that was hard for you, do you think I would allow you to get B's and C's? Yes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but so our requirement in our house is that she and her brother have to make A's and the A's don't get rewarded. A's is what the expectation is only because the way that I look at school is school is like a job for kids. It, you know, you're going to learn how to read. You're going to learn how to do basic math. But outside of that, you know, most of what they retain is memorization and they're not, or most of what they learn is memorization. They're not going to retain any of it. So what I look at school as is it's completing tasks. You have to show up. It's, it's just training you to be an employee, whether you know it or not, mm -hmm. you have to show up to school at a certain time. If you're late, you get in trouble. You have to do certain tasks. If you don't do them, you get punished. If you, if you step out of line at your job or your school, then you have to really get punished. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then however you do gets, you know, your grades get determined what it looks like at the next level for you. If you get a promotion right mm -hmm. to college. So I look at school very much like a job in that it's just a system of completing tasks, learning how to get along with people, learning how to interact with, with people, your peers. Um, so that way, when you do get out into the workforce, you're a competent adult and not somebody that's, um, you know, difficult to, to deal with. So my job is to make you not be an asshole, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that me say that many, many times. Many times. So, um, so the other part about school though is um, we've been saving money for college, right? Yes. Okay. Now we're not going to talk about how much it is, but we have money saved for you right now. Uh -huh. So, and what have I told you regarding that money? That if I get a scholarship, then the money is mine. Correct. If you can pay for school, uh -huh. then the money belongs to you. Yes. Right. Now there are certain tax restrictions on it because I do have it set up in a 529 account and that has to be paid for school, but this is stuff we're going to kind of deal with down the road because there are some legislation that's changing for some of this stuff. So, um, but I do currently have a 529 account set up for her. I've started it when she was probably a little bit later in life. I probably started at about eight or nine years old um, and started growing it from there. Um, but it's grown to quite a bit amount. And my expectation is over the next four months, you know, there'll be quite a bit more or four years, I should say two years, I guess, really, um, you're a sophomore. So we're going to be, we're going to be getting there quick. Um, we should have quite a bit in there, but <clears throat> one of the things that, um, tell, tell me what you know about scholarships just in general. That you can get them for lots of different. Okay. That's great. I wasn't expecting that answer. Okay. What kind of things can you get them for? Sports, academics, you can get, there's like so many random little things. There's so many random little things that you can get them for, like <laughs> essays and stuff you can write and you can get like, $500,000, you can apply for like a bunch of them. Have you looked at any of that yet? 
I mean, I see like it comes up on my feed or whatever, and I look, and it's like, oh, here's this. Uh, I don't know. This is like a random brand. They like give you like Hershey scholarship, and you have to write an essay about something, and right. you can get four hundred dollars that go towards your college. So if somebody were to give you, if I were to say to you right now, if you write an essay for me, I'll give you five hundred dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? Yes. But why is it that you say if you see it, if I, someone says if you give me an essay, I'll give you five hundred dollars in school scholarships? Why is it not as appealing? I I, I didn't. What? Well, like, have you done any of them yet? No. Do you have desire to do any of them yet? No, but I will. Okay. <laughs> but you don't right now, right? No. So why? It, but if I told you right now, I'll give you $500 if you write me an essay, mm-hmm. would you do it? Yes. Okay. But you won't do it if it's something in the future. Yes. Okay. So so how do you think we can bridge the gap and the disconnect between the money that you have saved, which literally means if you get $500, you get $500. Uh-huh. How, do we, how do we reconcile that in your brain so that way that becomes a priority for you? I don't know. Like, what do you like? Well, I just mean like, we got to have you want to do these things, right? Because I can't force you to do it. I'll do them. I just, I'll do them. Okay. When should you start doing them? Probably now. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll start now then. (laughs) So hostile. So hostile. Okay. Um, (laughs) The thing about school and what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do here is, is another thing that you, you have to get your kids to understand how to look at school as a way to make money, not just a necessary thing, especially when it comes to college. Now, not everybody has the ability and, and wherewithal to be able to save for school for their kids. And that's, that's completely understandable. It's very hard to get by these days um, with everything being so expensive. We've been fortunate that we've been able to do that, but not everybody's in that situation. And that's why the scholarship things make such a big difference because do you know, um, my dear, do you know what right now the average American has in student loan debt? I know you don't, but no. what, if you were to guess, what would you what would you think? Like, I don't know. Semesters like twenty thousand, like probably like a hundred thousand. Oh, you think a hundred thousand? Okay. Maybe less, like eighty thousand. That's a lot. I mean, the average American has about forty thousand because you got to remember oh. it's an average. Some people don't didn't pay a lot for school, or you know went to trade schools, or you know less expensive stuff or whatever. Um, but do you know how much forty thousand dollars costs you every month to pay off, and how long it would take? That's a lot of math for me to do. I, I know, just guess. No, I, no, no, I don't expect you to know. Like, what do you think? I don't know, like thousand dollars, four hundred dollars a month. So yes, it's about three to five hundred dollars a month oh, is what you have to pay. Okay, and that three to five hundred dollars a month. Here, take this calculator. Oh. Okay, so three to five hundred dollars a month, and that takes twenty years in most cases to pay that off. So you'll be paying three to five hundred dollars a month for twenty years. So do me a favor, put in fifteen dollars. Okay times 40 hours a week. Okay. Okay. Times 52 weeks. What does that equal? 31,200. Now divide that by 12. Okay. How much is that? 2,600. So that's $2,600 a month. Now take, multiply that by 0.7. That's 30%, let's say for taxes. Uh, one thousand eight hundred twenty. So one thousand eight hundred and twenty dollars a month. So five hundred of that goes to pay for student loans, and then all you have is what's left for an entire month to get gas, groceries, food, utilities. Thirteen twenty. That's crazy. That's not a lot, right? <laughs> not a lot. No. So is student debt a good idea? No. No. So you don't want to have to pay student debt, right? Yes. So having dad help you pay for college and finding scholarships to apply for is going to be a benefit, correct? Yes. 
All right. Now there are sites out there that you can find. Um, I'll try to reference some of those that you can, and, and that'll be maybe a homework assignment for us is to give some sites that we can find these scholarships at. Okay. So we can start applying for those um, because we are, I mean, what, where, where, where are we at with volleyball at this point? Mm, like, you, you can be honest. I don't know. I don't think I want to play, but like, I, I haven't made up my mind, I guess. Okay. I need to soon, though. Yeah, you probably need to decide pretty quick yeah. what you want to do because otherwise you'll be behind the eight ball on it. Um, so maybe volleyball, probably not, probably but maybe. Not. maybe. Um, so we have a little bit saved. So then the academic side, hopefully we can we have really good grades and yeah. good scores, but then we need to find all this little extra money wherever we can then, right? Yes. So that's the benefit of the school side of things is that um, you want to get them early started figuring out how they can pay for college. You know, there are a ton of scholarships out there if you look for it and they don't have to do anything in many cases other than meet certain qualifications and then apply and usually have to write an essay or something in order to get that. But there's a ton of them out there. Um, and, but the sooner you start looking for them, the better, because if you try to do this their senior year, many of those are already going to be out or taken or, or not, you know, not have access to. So, um, so we're going to figure out ways to pay for college. Number one, mm -hmm. second thing we're going to do is we are going to work on a budget. Okay. okay. Tell me what you know about budgeting. That it's how much money you pay for, or like you set up how much money you should spend for certain amounts of things or however. Okay. About a time. I no, that's okay. That's, that's fine. I'm trying to find out what you know. So um, there's two main parts of a budget. Okay. Okay. There is something that comes in and something that goes out. Yes. You know what those are called? I know that is one. No, not. No. So the first one is income, right? Income, yeah. Income, that's the money knew, that you're, that you're making. I don't know why I didn't. That's yeah, okay. I know what that is. No, we're getting used to it. You're talking on a microphone right now, so it's getting a little used to it. You have income, uh -huh. and then you have money that goes out, which are what? Starts with an E. It, uh, it's like ex expensive. Expensive. There we go. There we go. All right. I know all right. what this is, I swear. All right. All right. We're just freezing up because we're on the mic. So income and expenses. So what type of expenses do you have right now? Um, just gas, gas, um, target, target. We have a line <laughs> item for target. Yep. Um, food. I get right. food a lot. You get food a lot. I like it's food. a big player of it. Yeah. So right now you don't need a ton of income because you don't have a ton of expenses. Mm -hmm. Right. But when we do this budget, we're actually going to include expenses you will have in the future. Yes. So you understand how much money you don't actually have right now. Because do you know other things that you will have to pay for in the future? We've already talked about some of them already. Food. Okay. Clothes. Clothes. Phone bill. Phone. Rent. Rent. Uh, what did I already say? Uh, like lights and lights. electricity. Electricity, and yes. Water. Water. And yeah. That kind of thing. That's good. No, you're good. There's one other, one other big line item that relates to your car. Like car insurance? Insurance. Uh -huh. Yes, insurance is a big player. So so these are things that we'll include so you understand the cost of them. But ultimately, um, that'll show you that you have to find that bigger income line item to, to grow a little bit. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to pay for all these things. Yeah. Right? Um, so <clears throat> we're going to go through a budget, kind of learn how that all is all put together and kind of do an episode, a little more in-depth episode on that one, perhaps. Um, one of the parts of your budget will be savings. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever heard of something called an emergency fund? You know what that is? I mean, I feel like it's self-explanatory. What is it? It's the money for an emergency. Okay. So do you, I know you don't know the answer to this, but if you were to guess how many, how do you think they figure out how much money you need to have in your emergency fund? Uh, what the general rule of thumb is. Um, what would you guess? 
I don't like I don't know how much money it would cost if you like had to go to the hospital. So what, now that's a, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. So typically, when when people talk about financing and budgeting, uh-huh. budgeting, what they look at is they say my monthly expenses total. Okay, whatever that is. All right, I have to. Most people say about six months. Okay. So if if every month you have a total expenses of two thousand okay. dollars, then how much would you need to have in your emergency fund? Uh, two thousand. Two thousand. So twelve thousand. Twelve thousand dollars. So you can do math. You got that part. Barely. School's getting us there. Um. So we're going to talk about emergency funds, how to put that together. Um. Then we are going to open a checking account. Okay. Now there's a couple of accounts that we'll talk about briefly on what we're going to look at opening. Um. The first one's going to be a checking account. So, what do you know about checking accounts? Just in general, what when I say checking account, what do you think of? Checks. Checks. Have you ever written a check? Nope. Do you think you'll ever have to write a check? Probably. Probably? I mean, yeah. Really? I don't think there's too many things that you have to write checks for these. I haven't written a check myself. Well, I'll take that back. I wrote one the other Mom day. Mom writes but... checks all the time. Yeah, but she's living in 1990. <laughs> she likes writing checks. She still writes stuff on post-it notes and staples them to her phone. Okay, that's true. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you got... I probably just like Venmo. Right. Okay. They have Zell, They have Venmo. Yeah, okay. They have all kinds of accounts. So that you can do maybe something. not. So it's really just a it, your checking account is going to be a suppository for your money. So uh-huh. like money that comes in, it's kind of like the, you know, like the hub of your money. So like a lot of companies will do, um, they'll do uh, direct deposits into your account. Okay. So when you get a check every month, instead of you getting a physical check like uh-huh. we used to get, you actually just goes right into your account. So okay. you used to, back in my day, <laughs> we had to get our check. We had to write on the back of it. Then we had to take it to the bank physically, show up to the bank. Oh. We had to fill out a deposit slip. Lord. And then we had to give those to the teller. We had to wait in line around behind a bunch of other people that had all kinds of problems with their bank account. Because God forbid you get there on a Friday, you are hosed. <laughs> all right, you're going to be sitting there for hours. Then we would have to give the money to our teller. And then once they deposited it, you usually had to wait a day or two before it showed up. Uh. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Sounds awesome. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Now technology is such that that's not necessary. Now your money just shows up in your bank account immediately and you can use it right away. Um, so there's a benefit to that. But uh, when we do do, uh, when we do do, when we get her checking account set up, we're probably, my uh, anticipation with that is we're actually going to do it at a bigger bank. I'm going to take her to, we use Bank of America. So we're going to have a checking account set up there because then I can have uh, custodial control over it, make sure if we need to move money and out, I can monitor it, that kind of stuff. And at the bigger banks, it's just a little bit easier to make transactions sometimes because they're all over the place. So if you go out of town or you're in a rural area, odds are you can find a Bank of America ATM or Chase or Wells Fargo or whatever bank you use. Um, that's the one we're going to start with. <clears throat> then we're going to have to have an account for savings. Um, her savings account, um, I'm probably going to take her and set up at a credit union. Okay. Do you know what a credit union is? Nope. So credit unions, you usually have to be members of in order to have accounts. It used to be a little more, I don't even want to use the word exclusive because it really never was, but it's just one of those things where you had to have certain stipulations in order to be a member of that credit union to live in a certain area. You had to be a teacher. You had to do whatever. Well, with these credit union accounts, um, they're good to have because they give you access to better terms on loans later on down the road. Uh-huh. Smaller banks usually are going to give you better terms on like an auto loan. If you want to buy a car, you get a better interest rate. You can The process is much easier than doing it through the dealership. Um, but the downside on some of the credit unions is that they're, they're like user-friendly online accounts, access and stuff is a little less smooth. Mm-hmm. It's a little more clunky, but I'm 
want to do your savings account at the credit union. So what with based on what I just told you, why do you think that I want to have your account, two different accounts at two different spots, checking it, an easy transactable bank of America savings at a little bit harder credit union. So I can get good credit. Well, it doesn't. Yes, sort of. Um, but it's difficulty in accessing your money. Oh, okay. Okay. If we put your savings account in an account that's a little bit harder to pull money in and out of and move it around, uh -huh. how likely are you to mess with that money? Not very likely. A little bit less likely. Yeah. Probably. If you get desperate, you never know what oh, you're yeah. capable of. But but a little less likely, right? Uh -huh. Okay. So, um, so we're going to do the savings account at a credit union. We're going to do the checking account at a bigger bank. Um, savings account, credit union, simply because it makes it a little bit harder to move the money in and out so we don't have access to it as much. Um, now... This is where we're going to put your emergency fund. Okay. So that money that you can't get to, we have to build up to that, but yeah. it's something that's going to take a little bit. Um, and anything that goes beyond our emergency fund, we are going to invest it. Okay. okay? Now there is a little bit of money that I have saved for you already. Okay. okay that I'm going to give to you. Uh -huh. All right. That we're going to put in an investment account for you. Okay. Okay. Now, do you think I'm going to allow you to touch that money? No. No. <laughs> okay. You're not going to be allowed to touch it. However, you are going to be able to see it and access it because uh -huh. I want to see, I want you to see it grow. Now the investment account that I'm going to use, I use Vanguard for my personal one. We're going to use Vanguard for her. They have custodial accounts that you can set up for your kids that they can get access to and see online and um, be able to tell what's happening. Now, the reason that I'm doing this is because when that money goes in there, I want you to check on it periodically and see how much it's growing. Because if you see the money going up, I get more money. Right. But is that, <laughs> is that an encouragement or a discouragement? Encouragement. I like money. Right. <laughs> so, so if you can see that money growing, okay, then uh -huh. that's what we're going to use. Now, the two things that we're going to put our money into that we'll explain later on to are going to be um, an index fund. Have you ever heard of an index fund? Do you know no. what that is? No. So what an index fund is, is it is a group of stocks that are bundled together in one group. Okay. And when you put money into that fund, you're you're basically betting on all of those stocks cum cumulatively. So if some go up and some go down, but overall they go up, then you get a benefit. Okay. Rather than betting on one particular stock. Okay. okay? So generally speaking, index funds earn a rate of return of anywhere between four to 6%. Well, really like six to 7%, somewhere in that neighborhood a year. Okay. okay? Um, now, do you know if you had $5,000 to start with uh -huh. and we invested it at 6% interest, don't even worry about your calculator because it's not going to work on this one. Um, and then every month you put $100 towards that money. Okay. How much do you think you would have in 50 years? Just uh, guess. You're not going to know the answer. Uh, $30,000. $500,000. Oh, dang. Oh, dang is right. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. <laughs> so 5000 $5, to start with. Uh-huh. $100 a month. Uh-huh. Every month. For 50 years. Oh, I did not do that math even close. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> At 6% growth, okay. you're going to have close to $500,000 when you're done. And that's if you don't invest anything else. Okay. Wow. So it's not the, the thing that grows your wealth the most. What do you think it is? Do you think it's money? No. What do you think it is? Investments. But what is it about investments that makes your money grow? Uh... I'm not, I do not know time. Oh, well, yeah. Time. Yeah. Okay. Because 
if you start now at a young age, uh -huh. you have a lot longer for that money to compound. And think about every year it gets bigger, it compounds on the on the total before. So if you start investing when you're 30 and you uh -huh. start with this and you only have 30 years versus investing when you're 18 or 16 and you have 50 years to grow it, then it's going to grow that much bigger because those last 20 years that you have is now growing off of a much bigger balance than what somebody would when they started at 30. Okay. So it's super important that we start early and let it sit and grow because then by the time you're 50, if you're, even if you're doing other investments, you may not have to work again. If you don't want to, uh -huh. you will have what kind of money? F you money. F you money. <laughs> All right. That's what we're aiming for, right? Yes. Okay. So the other thing that we'll look at doing, and I'll have you research some of this too, is stocks that pay dividends. Okay. okay? Have you ever heard of a dividend? Mm -mm. Okay. A dividend is when you, when you buy certain stocks like Apple or Walmart or any of these, they have profits every year that they make as a company. Okay. And if you own a portion of their company, then you get a portion of their profits. Yes. And those profits are called dividends. Okay. So if I own a thousand dollars worth of stock in Apple, and let's say I get 1% dividend, Okay. That's uh -huh. $10. Yeah. Well, then they're going to give me $10. And then what you do is you set it up to reinvest that $10 into that account. Uh -huh. And then every single month, it just pays you money and all it, you're just getting money for it. It's like, it's like, in, it's like a earning a interest on that investment, but it's the profit from that. So it just continues to compound and grow on those. So okay. we'll do an investment or an index fund, and then we'll do a couple dividend stocks. So you can kind of see how those two things grow and move. Okay. This is going to be in your Vanguard account, which we're also going to set up and see how that works. Okay, you're real excited, aren't so you? So excited! I know you've been yawning this whole time. This is like uh, this is this is riveting for you. And then the last thing we're going to do is a credit card. Okay. Okay. Are credit cards good? Yeah. No. Yes. 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 Why are credit cards good? Because you can build credit. Okay, but should you use credit cards? No. Okay, but here's kind of the catch: How do you build credit if you don't use credit cards? Investing? I don't know. No. Credit. Do you know what credit is? I just hear that you got to have good credit. <laughs> That's about all I know about that. Okay. Why um, Why do you have, when you hear you got to have good credit, why do you hear you got to have good credit? Usually I got the like credit karma ads and it's for like buying a house. Okay. But what does, do you know what good credit gets you when you want to buy a house or buy a car or something like that? It makes it easier to get a loan. It, it makes, that is true. But what else, do you know what else it does? So what do you, when you get a loan, what do you, the bank's giving you money in mm -hmm. return for what? Why would a bank just give you money? Uh, because like they don't do it because they're nice, right? Yeah. Because they get money, they get more money back. Okay. What's that money called? Uh, interest. Interest. Okay. So when you get interest on a loan, okay, your interest rate, how much interest you pay uh -huh. is often very heavily weighted on what your credit is. Yes. Okay. So having good credit means that when you borrow money, which we don't want to do very often, yeah. typically we want to borrow money, probably have to borrow money for house. Yeah. All right. We really don't want to borrow money for a car unless, you know, like I haven't borrowed money for a car in a long time mm -hmm. until recently with your mom's car. Uh -huh. um, and then we won't, don't want to have any credit card debt. Okay. Yes. But we want to use credit cards and use them responsibly because that builds our credit score up. So then we do need to get those big loans. We don't have to pay as much interest on it. Right. Yes. All right. So, um, the way we're going to do the credit cards is we're going to do one authorized user. So we're going to put you on one of our cards, um, that you'll be an authorized user on. It won't be one of yours originally, but you can actually, do you know when you can actually open up your own credit card? When I'm 18. 18. Yes. Um, so when you turn 18, we'll open your own, but in the meantime, we'll give you an authorized user. Now we want to open it when they're 18 
because the biggest impact on your credit score mm -hmm. in many cases is how old your oldest trade line is uh -huh. and how long you've had it. So if you open up a card at 18 and you never get rid of that, that's a big boon to your credit score. It makes a big difference on that, especially if you're not making a bunch of, you know, uh, late payments and all that kind of stuff too. Um, but when you turn 18, we're going to open something called a secured credit card. Okay. Okay. Do you know what a secured credit card is? No. So a secured credit card means that if I open up a regular credit card, then I go to Visa and I say, okay, Visa, I'm going to apply. And they're like, well, you don't have a credit score. So no, right? Mm -hmm. They say you can get a secured card because an unsecured credit card, which is what most people have, just means I have a credit limit of say $10,000 uh -huh. and you know I pay interest on that, but I don't have to do anything else. With a secured credit card, it means I don't have a history of credit. So now I can... I have to give them $300 for them uh -huh. to give me like a $300 line of credit. Uh -huh. Then over time, if I use it and pay it, use it and pay it, then they'll raise my limit without me having to put in more money. So then I'll get a $500 limit, then a $1,000 limit, then a $10,000 limit. But the initial security is to say, okay, well, if you don't pay this, we're covered. Yeah. Okay. That's what a secured credit card is. Then after you have that for a little while and your credit score is up, then you can get unsecured credit cards and use those because they, they do have benefits. If you use a credit card for like miles uh -huh. and you get like travel miles, you can get our American express. I, I get home Depot gift cards all the time uh -huh. and I use those and I buy stuff for the house to do work around the house because uh -huh. when we spend on our, on our American express, we get points and then I can use those points to buy stuff. Uh -huh. So there are benefits to them if you use them, but you don't want to hold a bunch of debt because so the average interest rate right now, like when we bought our house, we got it for 2.875. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy a house right now, it's close to 7%. Oh, wow. And if you have a credit card, uh -huh. your credit card interest right now is 25%. 25%. 25%. Gosh. So it means if you have a hundred dollars in debt, you're paying $25 a month. And that doesn't even pay off the amount that you borrowed. Wow. Yes. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So should we have credit card debt? No, no, but we do need to know how to use credit cards properly. Uh -huh. So that way we can take advantage of the benefits that they give without going into debt. Yes. Right. Because we don't want to pay a bunch of money on that. Yes. So secured credit cards, um, to, or excuse me, authorized user first. Okay. Then secured credit card when you turn 18, but uh -huh. we're just not quite there yet. So, um, a lot of this will be used for necessities. You have to put stuff down. If you rent a car, you travel, you need a credit card in most cases in order to do that. Um, and then again, the interest that you'll having good credit will bring your interest rate down on anything that you choose to do in the future, which will save you tons and tons of money. And then lastly, um, we're going to do a finance app. So we're going to put on your phone. So this will track all of your accounts. So okay. once we get everything set up, you'll actually have an app on your phone. So you can see where everything is. It'll have your budget. It'll have your investment account, your savings account, your checking account, everything. Okay. So that way you can track everything and see where it's at on a daily basis and you don't have to stick your head in a hole so that we become more familiar with the money. Okay. Um, then we are going to open a crypto account as well. Okay. okay. Um, only because I don't recommend this to anybody else unless you want to only because I know a lot about crypto because I've been studying it for a while. Um, I do think it is the next uh, iteration of, of where our financial system is headed. And I do think you do need to become familiar with it. So in our house, we will be talking about this so she understands what it is because I do think there's real opportunity in the crypto market in the next uh, 15 to 20 years to make a lot of money if you know what's going on. Um, but it's something that not everybody's comfortable with and it's still you can still get scammed these days with it. So I don't recommend it unless you have a good feel for it. And then when you turn 18, we're also going to open up something called a self-directed uh, retirement account. Okay. All right. So this is a IRA. Um, there's something called a Roth IRA. Have you ever heard of that anywhere? Seen commercials or anything? I don't think so, so 
what it is, is there's two ways to save for retirement. Okay. okay. One way is the money gets taken directly out of your checking account, mm -hmm. or excuse me, out of your paycheck before okay. you get it, before it's taxed and it goes into an account. So there's more money. Okay. Okay. The other way is that they take the money, you put the money in after taxes. Uh -huh. Okay. So ideally, which one do you think sounds so far, which one do you think sounds better before taxes or after taxes? Before taxes, right? Yeah. That's called a 401k. Okay. So now the, the trick is though, when you put it into the 401k, when you go pull that money out, uh -huh. you pay taxes then. Oh, so you pay taxes either way. You won't pay taxes. That's yeah. another lesson we'll learn through all this is taxes, 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 taxes. All right. Okay. Everybody hates taxes. You're going you're gonna to pay sales tax. You're going to pay, uh, uh, you know, property tax. You're going to pay income tax. You're going to pay all kinds of taxes. Yes, exactly. Uh. You can see your face. You can see what that is. <laughs> Sounds good, right? No, no, it not not good. So with the IRA though, or excuse me, the Roth. All right, the money is you put the money in after taxes, but then as it grows and you take the money out at a certain age, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. Oh, so you get the benefit of having the money grow and not paying taxes on the growth uh -huh. versus having more money and paying taxes later. Okay, okay. so we're going to do that one because at least for you, because there are limits. You can only apply, put so much towards it every year. Mm -hmm. And then once you make a certain amount of income, you're not allowed to contribute to a Roth IRA anymore, uh, but you can still keep it. You just can't contribute. So if you get really successful and make a lot of money one day, uh -huh. which you will, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Uh, you won't be able to contribute. But if you start young and contribute while your income is still low, uh -huh. then you can take advantage of it much further down the road. Yes. Okay. So that's called a self-directed retirement account. We're going to do that, but you can't open one of those until you're 18. So we'll have to do that at that point. Okay. Um, all right. That's it. That's a lot. Woo. Right? So we're going to come back again and we're going to tell you how it went on. We're going to do a little bit of a book report. We're okay. going to talk about how our job went. Okay. okay. On the job search in, in a month or two. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some of the school stuff, the scholarships that we're looking to apply for. Okay. Uh, we're going to tell you how budgeting went, mm -hmm. uh, checking account opening went. Yes. A lot of these are one-time deals we won't have to do again. Savings account, okay. uh, credit card, mm -hmm. okay, and then your investment account. All right. Yep. Talk about our app. Talk about crypto maybe a little bit down the road. When All you get right. older, we'll do the self-directed retirement account. So what kind of questions do you have, my dear? Um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot. I think you covered most of it. What do you think about all this? I think. Honestly, you can be honest. I think that it's a lot and I don't really want to do it, but it'll probably be helpful later on. So I'll do it anyway. And so, I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> no, you don't have a choice. So the young, the young brain in you doesn't want to do it, but the, the logical part of your brain understands that it's a good idea. Yes. Yes. It's kind of like eating pancakes. I love pancakes. What is it about pancakes? That why are those two things similar? I don't know. They just I don't like making them. But I like to eat them. Well, you don't. They're they taste really good, but but they I can't eat a lot of them. They hurt my stomach. Right? Why is that? Because it's just because everything in there is bad for you. Yeah, but they're so good. And they are. They are. They're delicious. But you know, it's uh you got to do the hard work sometimes, and the hard work is I don't want to eat pancakes because even though they're delicious, they're terrible for my body. Right. And the hard work in this is, is even though I don't want to learn about money, the more I learn about it, the more it's going to benefit future Katie Jane, right? Yes. Future CJ is really going to appreciate it. Ugh, CJ. Present, present, present Katie Jane is not Katie, whatever you want me to call you. Present Katie is not fired up about this, but future Katie will be grateful. Mm. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. I agree. Mostly. I agree. Maybe. I agree. <laughs>
All right. Well, um, thank you for everybody that fought through that one with us. Um, hopefully, she'll have a lot more to say as we move down the road a little I bit. And I feel bad for the people listening. I probably should have talked more. That's Sorry. okay. That's okay. So this is our first time doing this. I kind of sprung it on you, so it wasn't like you were ready for it. I was just playing Fortnite. I know. You're a gamer girl now, huh? I am a gamer. <laughs> this is a new development, actually. Mm -hmm. This is a new thing. Um, but I want to leave you with this. The most important thing of all this is, you know, I'm doing this with my daughter because I under, I feel like that this is going to hold real value for her in the future. And it gives me an excuse to spend time with her because like she said in the very beginning, she's going to be running out the door as soon as she possibly can. So if I have to force her to spend time with me by teaching her something like this, then that's what I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a life that is enjoyable and happy for our kids because that's what we want them to have. And and we all know as adults, because we live every day with all of our money problems or money successes or whatever they may be, that um, if we don't set our kids' future up for something that's going to give them success, we don't want to put them through the same trials and tribulations that we had. I think this is universal for every parent out there. So, um, you know, if you want to follow along with us on this journey, we welcome you to. Um, we're going to come back and report how this is going. We may even add a few other uh, pieces to this as we go along. We'll see how how willing she is to participate with me on some of this stuff. But um, but I'm doing this because it's going to make me follow through with it and make sure that I keep doing it because just like everything else, we all have good intentions, but sometimes the follow through isn't the greatest. So uh, whether she likes it or not, this is part of the, the process for me so I can make sure that I teach her all these lessons because I don't want to have regrets when she's gone. Yes. Woo. Okay. Are you excited? So excited. <laughs> not really. No. No, not really. That's okay. We're going to improve that as we go along. So. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you to everybody that stuck around. Katie Jane's going to edit and publish this as part of her job a little bit later and come <laughs> up with a title. She's so excited about that. Come up with a title? Yeah. Well, I'll show you how to do it. Well, right. I know how to do it. Well, we're going to use a different software. But anyway. Oh. Yes. She's excited. Um, and then maybe we'll have a little bit more chatter next time. And like I said, if you guys hear this and have any comments or questions or anything else you'd like us to address, I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, everybody have a great holiday. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving and we will see you in a couple of months. Bye. Say bye. bye.